What's up, everybody? Basically, what I consider the first real week of NBA is over. Every team has played at least once. It was awesome. And really, 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 really awesome. It was so cool. I was so happy. I felt like Steve Ballmer watching his team win. But instead of watching his team win, I meant like just watching basketball in general. It was awesome. But, you know... Let's just start off with the best player who we've seen so far, and it's, hey, 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 it's Kawhi. What a shock, exactly. The dude has the weirdest bag of skills, but he uses them to GOAT levels. For real, for, like, for real, GOAT levels. He is playing like he could be the best basketball player of all time right now with the crazy seven-foot guys guarding him, and he takes a weird step back, too, and it's just straight water. It's crazy. I I don't know if he's taken his game up another level since the playoffs, but he started the year as if he hasn't even, like, changed. He totally thought that he entered the playoffs as if it's... This Clippers team is amazing. I, I give so much of the credit to Kawhi Leonard, but... The guy who's come out and played really well, who, I mean, it's not a surprise he played really well, but it's a little bit of a surprise he's playing this well, is Lou Will. Lou Williams has been playing, he's been playing amazing. He, while his game yesterday, removed free throws, wasn't great. You still got to counter, you still got to factor the free throws. So, essentially, Lou Will had 22 total points instead of the 11, because he had 11 free throws. He has been playing really, really well offensively. He's been a good passer so far. His defense has always been kind of iffy, but that makes up for it when you got a dog in the backcourt with you and Pat Bev. That man, whew, that man, I never, never, ever want him to guard me. Never, ever, 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 ever. Because it would embarrass me. It would just entirely embarrass me it would be sad granted I'm terrible at basketball so I shouldn't even be making that comparison anyways Pat Bev he's been playing really nice offensively he's been hitting some nice threes defense has always been there it has always been there and if you're a Clippers fan obviously you feel great right now but you don't even have your second best player available yet like Paul George is not even healthy and the team is playing this well it's unbelievable at that they beat the Warriors who I'm going to give credit to the. I'm going to start by giving credit to the Clippers and saying the Warriors are a very good team that they just blew out Lakers we obviously know are a good team that they just blew out but the issue is with them is we don't know how they're going to be when they have to play against the Sixers. Uh, not, I'm not thinking the Sixers are any better than the Warriors. No, not, I'm sorry, not the Warriors, the Clippers, which they're not. The, War, the Clippers are a lot better. But it's going to be interesting to see how they make up for the Joel Embiid and Al Horford factors. 
those guys are so much taller than anyone they got besides Zubats. And Zubats could get one of them, not both. Kawhi could maybe get one of them. I bet he could get a Horford. Horford's not too much taller than him with the new heights that came out. But I definitely think it's going to be interesting. I def- I also think they're definitely the, the most competitive team for the Clippers. But we've only seen two games for the Clippers and one game for almost every other team. So... I'm just going to kind of let it be, just say the Clippers are really, really good and they're going to be really tough to beat. It's 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 what it is. It's too early to say who's going to win it all because of how they've played so far. So I think we'll move on to the other team that I thought took a really nice dub yesterday because of their bench, the Milwaukee Bucks. Eric Bledsoe played well for the time he was in the game. Very good defensively, always shaky offensively, but he hit two threes, which was big for the guy that everyone was like, no one can, he can't shoot threes, he's awful, and he hit two threes. I think that's a W for him. He he did get into foul trouble early, so we didn't see him for very much of the game. He definitely had an impact on it, though. The biggest impact, besides Giannis on that Bucks team, though, Brooke Lopez. Wow. He's not a great defender when you pull him out of the paint, but when you keep him in the paint, he's up there with Gobert, in my opinion. He's up there blocking shots. He's just a big body. If he's not blocking the shot, he's contesting it, which, you know, if it goes in, it goes in. But if it doesn't, then Brooke Lopez, you get a bunch of credit right there. Probably should be considered some sort of stat of contested shots. Versus how many go in? Contested shots. Yeah, that's not, not a bad stat. I'm not going to do that stat, but that's not a bad idea for defensive, kind of a defensive stat. We don't really have a true defensive stat besides blocks and steals, which only show so much. For example, Harden gets more than a steal a game, and people can. See, I've seen people say, oh, look, he gets one and a half steals a game. He's such a good defender. Like, bro, what kind of games are you watching? Are you watching just when he takes the ball, when he steals the ball? Have you not noticed just how trash he is on defense? The only place he's good is in the post, and that's because for a 6'5 guy, Harden's a little bit beefier than most guys. He, he, he just has to put his weight on you. If you're a guard, he just has to put his weight on you, and then, you know, you're not going to be able to move around him. It's kind of what happened with um, Giannis and Capella in the beginning of the game. Giannis and Tucker, too. Giannis wasn't able to get by them. That's why he had, I think, only two first quarter points. And then, you know, when you're the MVP, the reigning MVP, not a former MVP, the reigning MVP, you make adjustments and make it work. Giannis did. Drop 30, 13, 11, above 50% shooting. Two threes, 50% from the three-point line. Ass, just ass from free throw, but we're not going to talk about that. Harden. Started off playing pretty well. He had, I want to say he, he had, I want to say five-ish, maybe, I think five assists, six assists at halftime. Maybe he had even more. Maybe he had eight. I can't remember. But he didn't make any adjustments. The only adjustments I saw from him were, okay, let's just give the ball to Russ now, just like he did in game six against the Warriors. Except instead of giving the ball to Russ, he'd just give it to CP3. So... 
when Harden's not playing well, it's going to be tough for the Rockets to win. They got lucky. They got Westbrook now. Westbrook is going to take so much off of Harden. It's going to take a huge load off of Harden's shoulders. But I still, I still think Harden has to play well for that team to win. Westbrook can't really shoot. He shot so well yesterday for what he normally does. So, again, we're get, we just got to get back to the part of the season just started. So we just have to watch more. The one guy I thought looked really, really, really good for the Rockets yesterday, Daniel House. He's been on my list of guys who I think are pretty good, who don't really get that much respect for a little bit. And he just proved it today. Yesterday, I'm sorry. He proved it yesterday. He hit three threes in the first half. And then, you know, just like Harden, he disappeared in the second half. Daniel House is definitely, like, he, he definitely had an impact. I'd say he had a pretty big impact. He was pretty solid defensively. Chris Middleton, who he was matched up against for, against for some of the game, shot terribly. He was a dud. He was probably the dud of the night. I don't know if anyone else played as bad as he did. I think he shot four for 16. But, you know, Chris Middleton, when you hit the shot that puts you above, you can have a bad game. If you're part of the reason why your team wins and you play terrible... You can have that bad game. Playing bad and winning the game counts as a win for the individual. You just have to adjust. And that's a good thing that they don't have to play day after day after day like they do in baseball. Just make the adjustment next time you practice, which will probably be the day after. If not the day after, do it during the walkthrough of the game if you're playing that day. I feel very confident that Budenholzer and Chris Middleton will be able to make his adjustment to make him play like an all-star all season because he is an all-star. He was an all-star, went off in the all-star game. He, he's just got to get that shot down. There's so many shots that he took that just rimmed out. It was, I, I hate to use the word unlucky when it comes to sports, but it really was unlucky. He definitely took a few shots that I didn't want him to take, though. Like, there's a bunch of times where he just pulled up and shoot from two, and it was just bad. It was just bad the whole time. Good thing about Chris is he brings defensive upside. He might not be as quick as Malcolm Brogdon was, but he's still very good defensively. Big, big, big fan of him on defense. I'm a big fan. He, he just he does what he needs to do. That's really what it comes down to. The other, the team I think is the most disappointing this far, surprisingly, is the Nets. Kyrie may have made a state. He may he, even in a loss, he had a statement game saying, "Hey, it was the Celtics, not me." There was an attitude there I didn't like, which made me worse because of the attitude. I stopped trying. And part of it's definitely on Kyrie, but, like, I think more of it is on the Celtics than people realized. Jalen Brown demanding $28 million a year, and then the Celtics just giving it to him? Ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Terry Rozier thinking he's a starter, possibly better than Kyrie because of one playoff run? Ridiculous. 
Brad Stevens not being able to control his own locker room with guys he's been around for at least two years, maybe three years now. Ridiculous. And then Danny Ainge just feeding the guys what they want, just giving Jalen Brown what he demands, even though at the moment, again, at the moment, not that he can't do it, but at the moment, he isn't nearly that good. I think Dewante Murray is a better basketball player than Jalen Brown. And Dewante Murray got about $50 million less than Jalen Brown did. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's Celtics fans agreeing with me saying, oh, he got $50 million way too much. I'd rather give a max contract to Middleton by a long shot than give Jalen Brown the contract he did. I'm 100% happy with the Middleton max contract. That was a good deal. Is it a steal? By all means, no. Not even close. But Middleton does what they need to do. If the Bucks didn't re-sign Middleton, he would have left, and the Bucks were not going to sign anybody else to replace him. I'd rather Middleton than Brogdon. Brogdon's way too shaky. Personally, I don't think he's a good enough point guard to be playing point guard for the Pacers, but he would be playing shooting guard for the Bucks. But that gets rid of our whole wing presence. Giannis is not a wing presence. He might play forward, which I consider a wing, but he's not a wing threat. The only way he's a wing threat, and if he starts shooting threes, I take this back, but the only way he's a wing threat is because if he gets a good screen... He's going around that guy, and someone's going to actually have to step up and not get yammed on by Giannis. And and hope they don't get yammed on by Giannis, because, you know, 10 times out of 10, he gets yammed on, and then Anthony Tolliver comes in and blocks one that's random. But, you know, it's how basketball goes. Weird stuff happens all the time. I think I want to move on to the Raptors right now, just because they're in an interesting spot. I'm excited to see them play. I think they play the Celtics today. I'm... I'm excited to see that. It's going to be a very interesting game. Celtics got blown out of the water in Philly, and the Raptors almost... There's a moment when it looked like they were going to get blown out of the water by the Pelicans at home. But, you know, you're a Raptors fan. You got Fred Van Vliet. You got Siakam. They don't have Zion. You're good. And they proved that. They beat the spread. And they got the dub. Now, the guard situation here is a little bit different for the Celtics-Raptors matchups. They were going to put Drew on Lowry the whole... They were going to... Ooh. They were going to put two really good... The, the, I'm sorry. The Pelicans were going to put two really good defensive guards, Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday, on Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. Or you put Holiday on... You put Holiday on Ananobi and Yanobi, but, you know... Two de- good defensive guards. Celtics have two defensive guards. Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, I think, are their two best defensive guards. But um, I tr- don't really know what Grant Williams qualifies as because I think he's a lot smaller than they were saying. I think he's probably closer to 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, so he could play guard, but I don't think he will. And Carson Edwards, not a very good defender. That's what happens when you're 5'10", 5'9", not very tall. Kemba is... Eh, Kemba's an offensive guy. That's where, he, that's where he makes his money. That's where he got maxed. That's why he got maxed. Why he deserved the max. 
He's a very, very good point guard, top five point guard in the NBA. And point guard's probably the deepest position in the NBA. So being a top five point guard is like being a top three power forward, basically. Now, the one concerning thing I have for the Celtics, and this is specifically for today, too. It wasn't really for when they played the Sixers, but it kind of was. Kind of was. The Sixers don't really have a forward that's really like a Giannis or Siakam kind of threat. Horford is a lot less mobile. Like, when I say a lot less mobile, I'm trying to compare your grandma to Deion Sanders in his prime kind of mobile. And Tatum, who is a very good defender, can't match up with any of them. No way he can. Hayward can't match up with any of them. I think their best bet is to start Tice or Poirier at power forward and take Brown or Smart off the bench. Let's see what their starting lineup was on Thursday. So they had Hayward starting over Smart, and they had Tatum playing the four, guarding the four. Tatum played terrible, but that's because he had a very good defender guarding him, and Al Horford is my guess. But the Celtics, we're just going back to my main point. I went kind of off topic there. It all leads to the same thing. But the Celtics don't have that true power forward who can space the floor, who's just big, who's that defender, who's their Al Horford, basically. uh, They're missing Al Horford so much right now. I bet they they should have offered Memphis's pick. Uh, Danny Ainge is making a mistake by keeping the Memphis pick at this point. He did such a good job by collecting all these picks. And look at the team. I would have 100% traded the Memphis pick to the Nets just to do a sign-and-trade with the, the Hornets, the Celtics, and the Nets to get Kemba on the Celtics, Kyrie on the Nets, and Terry going to Charlotte. And then guess what happens? Celtics have enough money to sign Horford if they do that. If they do a sign-and-trade with just Charlotte like they did, they don't. But they should have done whatever it takes to get that sign-and-trade with the Nets to go through. The Warriors wanted, they need, not, not just wanted, they needed that sign-and-trade to go through with D'Lo and, Kay, and uh, Kevin Durant. And when Kevin Durant found out about the trade from Myers, he said, <laughs> he started laughing, I bet, and he said something like, that's funny. I'm just going to go there instead. So then Myers said, I'll throw in a first-round pick, and KD wins GM of the year. KD stole the Warriors' first-round pick. He just took it with him. He's like, I'll take it with me. That's basically what happened. He stole the pick. The Nets now have two first-rounders next year, and they traded their own. So, the Nets overall, I'd say, won the 2010s decade over the Celtics. Yeah, that trade was awful, but look at what happened because of it. Did the Celtics get better because of it? 100%. They were the one seed, and they lost in five games to the Cavs. A good, good, good Cavs team with possibly LeBron James at his best. And they didn't even have IT. But they also kind of did, they kind of did IT so dirty that the karma caught up with them. They did him so incredibly dirty 
that they, they kind of had this coming. When I saw the trade happen at first, I was angry. I wasn't, I'm not a Celtics fan. I have no, I didn't care about the Celtics at all. I loved IT. I loved Avery Bradley. I was happy the Celtics were just playing well. It was cool to see a team that wasn't incredibly popular actually putting up numbers. And it was awesome seeing the little man, IT, play like the biggest guy on the court because he's dropping 59 points. It was awesome. It was so much fun. And then IT's sister died, and it became so emotional for that team. It became so emotional for that fan base. It was so sad. It was, tra- it was so tragic. And so Danny Ainge says, fuck you, IT. I'm sending you for Kyrie. I'm all on board with, uh, you know what? Loyalty doesn't mean shit. I'm going to trade this guy because I need to win. I'm all on board with the Kawhi Leonard trades. This was different. This IT played the day after his sister died. Or he played the game after she died. Tears were running down his face. They have videos of it. People are like, I can't believe this happened to IT. It's so sad. And it still happens. People still say that. And yet Danny Ainge says, thank you for doing that. But I got a better offer. Basically saying, you're a great girlfriend, but now I got a hotter girlfriend. Doesn't feel good. So then Kyrie, thankfully, said, nah, you guys are being a bunch of dicks. Fuck this team. I'm out. And I applaud you, Kyrie. Like, ever since the Celtics got Kyrie, I've started to just dis- dis- dislike that team so strongly. They, I, I like Kyrie. It's just the, the annoyance of the fan base and just the players in general. I don't know. There's no way it's just me, but... When Terry Rozier was out there last year, you could see the entitlement in his game. When Jalen Brown was out there, you could see the entitlement in his game. When Marcus Smart was out there, you could see the heart in his game. There is a huge difference. A huge difference. When Ennis Cantor's out there, it's a mix. But you know he's going to mean well. Is he aggressive? Yes. Does he probably go too far off the deep end in arguments with star players? Yeah, 100%. You got to chill out, Ennis. But I understand what your overall message is, and I 100% support it. And I very much respect you as a player. Now let's go to the guys who will probably have their only winning record for the next three years, the Charlotte Hornets. They stole P.J. Washington, it looks like. If I would have known he would have shot 11, sorry, 7 for 11 from the three-point line in his debut, I would have said, okay, the 12th pick is like 10 picks too late for him. I think, granted, I'm only looking at one game for their career, but... If you seriously think Cam Reddish will have a better year than P.J. Washington, just just delete the basketball section from your brain. It's not for you. Find a different hobby. There's things called origami. There's things that just have nothing to do with basketball. 
that you need to find because it's just not for you. Basketball is not the sport for you. And that's okay because we don't want you to be a fan if that's what you really think. But the Hornets took a big hit. Batum broke his middle finger. That's for, Batum's not a great player. But for a team whose star player is Terry Rozier and Cody Zeller, losing Batum is a huge hit. This team is going to win no more than 20 games, I bet, at the moment. And losing Batum is just bad. Yeah, he's, he's, that's just bad. They're lucky they had a nice last few drafts. They got Miles Bridges. I like Miles Bridges. He's got lots of potential. I think his, he's going to end up being just a solid overall role player, maybe a solid starter, but I, I don't think he'll ever be an all-star or really that close to being an all-star. Uh, the second-round pick they got, who is one of my just overall favorite players in the league because... Rich Chu, the GM of the Hornets at the time, said his name wrong. He said, I'd like to introduce Malik Monk and Dwayne Wade to the Hornets family or something like that. And he meant to say Dwayne Bacon. He confused Wade with Bacon. Pretty big difference. And it was funny because they all laughed about it. But Dwayne Bacon, great pick. Second round choice. Pretty sure he came from Florida State. Nice shooter. Just overall hustle. I like it. Devontae Graham, guy I just did not see playing at all, has 23 points in the opener. Nice game from him. Played better than Terry. And Malik Monk, who I'm still not 100% sold that he's going to be a good player in the NBA. But he shows flashes here and then that he's going to be good. He shows more flashes here and then of, yeah, we should probably trade him for just a second-round pick. But he still could be solid. There's so much upside on this team for the future, but, you know, they're going to have to get a few number one picks first before the upside actually works. Throw Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, RJ Hampton, any of the top guys in your mind on this team, that make, it makes them so much better just then. Because besides Batum and, I guess, Zeller, all their players are young guys. All their good players are young guys. Marvin Williams is in, Marvin Williams is, is older too. Probably pretty old. I'm pretty sure he's second overall pick back in like 2006. But they have three. Three or four older guys on a team of 15. So, yeah. They're in a good position. Mitch Kupchak sucks. He's awful. Like, just an awful GM. But... I think he knows what he's doing, surprisingly. I, 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 he definitely went to the owners and said, here, we're not getting Kemba back. Here's our three-year plan. We start becoming good the moment Terry leaves or the moment, or the moment Terry signs his next contract. If Terry shows that he's the same player he was in the playoffs of 2017, Mitch and MJ... You guys finally got your first real signing the Hornets have gotten. Like, because if he plays that well, he's an all-star level. And I seriously can't think of any time the Hornets got an all-star level guy. The last time, I think, was when they attempted to steal Gordon Hayward from the Jazz, and the Jazz were like, no, we're not going to let that happen. Speaking of the Jazz, I think it's super interesting that they don't have Jeff Green starting. 
They had Royce O'Neal starting in the first game. Just a big old question mark. Is Royce bad? No. He's a good player. But Joe Ingles is better. I the, the the starting lineup and the closing lineup to me stupid. Closing lineup is what you should always have as your starting lineup. Closing lineup is the most important lineup. So why put Joe on the bench? Why not just try and develop the chem between the guys? So far Conley worst pickup of the summer. Is he going to play that way the whole time? No. He'll be fine. He'll probably be an all-star level guy. And I feel awful that he hasn't been to an all-star game yet. And he's done that much with that Memphis Grizzlies team. Bogdanovich, Bogdanovic. Good pickup as well. Basically just a better version of Ingles who's worse on defense. I'm pretty sure Bogdanovich got his first block of the year in February last year. And he was... The best player on the Pacers after Depot got hurt. So he played almost the whole year, if not the whole year. Yeah, Ingles, though, very good defender, just like all Aussies are, except for Kyrie, but he doesn't really count. Um, good shooter, very good shooter. They got Emmanuel Moutier on the bench. I'm a big fan of him. Ed Davis, also very good rebounder, was a very, very underrated pickup for them because now they got a guy to actually back up Gobert. Um, yeah, and that's kind of it for what they've done. They almost lost to the Thunder. That was a bad game for them. Conley shot like 6%. Pretty sure he made one bucket total. And Shea Gilgis also just went off. Shea Gilgis Alexander on the Thunder just lit it up. I think he had 25 or something. Played really well. Andre Roberson's still not back. It's a little bit interesting. The guy tore his... He did exactly what Oladipo did, actually. I'm pretty sure he tore his patellar tendon. And he's still not healthy. This injury happened in Paul George's first year on the Thunder. This injury happened right before the All-Star break. The summer... Not the summer. The winter that... um, George Hill was traded from the Kings to the Cavs. The year that... LeBron hit the shot over Jimmy Butler and then traded halfway his team to get Rodney Hood and guys that he thought were going to be better. Like, traded D. Rose, traded D. Wade back to the Heat, traded IT to the Lakers, all that jazz. And he is still not healthy. Same injury. It makes me worry about Depot. I love Depot. Is he in the same conference as the Bucks? Yes, but Depot's such a good player that you just hate when he gets hurt. You just hate to see that he's hurt. Speaking about the Pacers, though, they had a pretty mediocre offseason. I know that's kind of an odd thing to say about a team who everyone thought was like, wow, this team's going to be good. But they let Bojan Bogdanovic walk, who's better than any of the guys they signed. They let Thad Young walk, who is a defensive power forward that they need. And they let Wesley Matthews walk, which they signed better replacement. They got Jeremy Lamb... Traded for T.J. Warren in just the dumbest deal of all time by the Suns. And they gave a fat contract to Malcolm Brogdon. All those were good. Good good contracts, good trades for all three. But I'm still not really... I'm not a fan of just letting Bogdanovich and Thaddeus walk. 
I, I mean, the Jeremy Lamb signing, I think, was smart because he's replacing Depot till he's back. And then you get a guy off the bench. But just play Aaron Holiday at point, put Brogdon at shooting guard like he did all last year, and sign back Thad Young. Man, Thad Young. DeMontis Sabonis and Turner can't play together. So put Thad Young. Thad Young goes on power forward. He guards Giannis. He guards Ben Simmons, probably. Probably. He guards the good players. Right now, they're going to have to leave Turner to guarding the good players, which, don't get me wrong, Turner's an all-defensive kind of guy. But then you don't have a guy that guards the center. If you really want to try the Sabonis and Turner thing out, go ahead. I just don't think it's going to work. Their offensive games don't work. They played, I'm pretty sure, a total of like 12 minutes together last year on the court. So, yeah, it don't work. McMillan, brilliant coach. He knows what he's doing. He knows it don't work. I want to end on the last team I want to talk about. I'm not going to talk about the Rockets today because... <laughs> but the Lakers. The Lakers. Underperformance of the century. They don't have Kuzma. Clippers don't have Paul George. Who do you think comes out victorious? Clippers by a lot. Did not expect to see that happen. Can't say I'm necessarily surprised that happened because it's two superstar teams going up against each other, which, you know, anything can happen. But a lineup of LeBron James, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Anthony Davis, and JaVale got blown out. And I almost said at home because the Lakers fans were all over that stadium. but And it was technically their same home stadium, but Clippers home game. Clippers win. Danny Green went off. LeBron and AD both did not play as well as I was hoping to see them play. Kuzma didn't play, as I said. And Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. The most useless player on the planet. You might be better at playing with an ankle brace on than without. Because when he got arrested and he had to wear the ankle monitor, he was playing fine. And now... He sucks. That team's going to need Rondo back. I think they need a true point guard who's just going to pass the ball and barely score. I remember the Bucks played the Lakers last year. I'm pretty sure Rondo took 10 threes in the first half. Just, like, why? It's Rondo. Rondo, you know you're Rondo. You know you're not going to make that many threes. So, okay, I guess. And then the signing that I think was, like, the best signing for them was definitely Danny Green. They way overpaid him because he's not going to put up 28 a night. But he, he was a very good pickup. Kind of sucks to see him not stay with Kawhi just because they've been together for so long. But I don't care as long as they left the Raptors. 